Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. That night, the stars disappeared. So did the birds. Perhaps it was the season for rain or the dance. In the western distance, we thought we heard cannon blasts. Looking over, we watched the horizon fill with lightning strikes. Rain couldn't pour hard enough over the thirsty plain. Accompanying clouds called to thunder's voice in extreme decimals, requesting all the water heaven could send forth to come. Rain and more rain filled empty stream bottoms, rivers who had pulled their dry banks farther and farther from their centre, begged for a drink to startle dusty beds with a flooding roar. Lives in dormant places began to stir and awaken. The lives of water beings, those that swim, the ones that hop and the ones that fly, begin to stir. That year, all thirst was quenched. Welcome to Cup on Podcast, you firm, nutritious carrot. My name's Owen, and those lovely opening lines were from the Native American Sioux Fort Peck poet called Lois Red Elk. Thank you so very much for listening. I do really believe that. Thank you, thank you. And I hope that you're feeling suitably saucy after our young whiz-kid Curtis Jones slammed that bluter top bins against the hapless, hopeless F. In this episode, we take our scalpels to the carcass of that match, Liverpool 1, Everton 0, and we preview Spurs against Liverpool this weekend. So, without any further ado, whoever you are, wherever you are, enjoy. So, I'm really happy to be joined by Mark and by Neil. Um... It, Liverpool won Everton nil. Uh, Liverpool became the first team in English top flight history to play in five different competitions in as little as 27 days today. That stat is from the excellent This Is Anfield. And Mark, I want to start with you. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, we've travelled 6,000 miles in 27 days to Qatar and back. Uh, we played the kids in a couple of competitions. Jürgen doesn't give two hoots about this competition perhaps he doesn't even give one and then Curtis Jones fires one in an, an absolute worldie maybe if Pickford's arms were longer he might have got a touch to it but his arms are short Liverpool are through Curtis gets another game and this is glory days still they go marching on for Liverpool well it's certainly one of the most enjoyable games of the season um, it just shows that whenever young players like that are given a chance, obviously it's not the, the stars that we're used to watching, but um, it, it gives us something different. And I wasn't really going into this game with high expectations about a result after seeing the team, I'm being completely honest. I was more just kind of looking forward to seeing some players that would be interesting to watch, like the likes of Harvey Elliott and Nico Williams. But uh, pleasantly surprised by Liverpool and 
I would say surprised by Everton, but at this point, I'm not sure if I am surprised. Uh, a, dismal, <laughs> a, a, dismal, a dismal performance. Um, I don't know what they're going to have to do to get that result at Anfield again, but it was brilliant. Uh, you just could, you couldn't, couldn't really ask for any more from that team. No, you absolutely couldn't. How are you, Neil? Are you, are you buzzing? Yeah, I'm uh, more than delighted with the result. Um, can't, can't believe how that team went out and well, played as well from the second half onwards. Anyway, outplayed Everton's first first eleven, got the got the victory through to the next round of the cup. Great the uh, the, the disrespect Jurgen Klopp has for Everton. So that we beat them five two in the league. Uh, last month with pretty much a reserve side and then we go into the FA Cup and beat them again with um, essentially the academy squad with a couple of senior players, one of whom went off after six minutes. Can't really ask for any more than that. Uh, A fun Sunday. It was absolutely superb. They were full of vim, full of vigour, full of life, full of energy. You know, the spirit of Endeavour was with our youngsters. Um, who stood out for you, Mark? Uh, Curtis Jones, obviously. It's a funny one with Curtis Jones because he's been at Liverpool now, obviously for years, but he's been around the first team setup and playing in, you know, pre-season friendlies for longer than most players have. I think, I, I'm not sure, is he only 18 still? Anyone know? He's still only 18. I think he turns 19 sometime in January. Yeah, which is incredible because, you know, it seems like he's been around Liverpool's first team setup for a long time. I'm not sure if I'm the only person that feels like that. But um, I remember going to preseason games a couple of seasons ago and, and he seemed to be around the, the setup. He must have broken into the, that kind of um, the first team when, when he was about 16. And it's a funny one because he's always kind of been overlooked by in some ways by Liverpool fans um, when talking about the academy players, even though he's the same age as a lot of them. Um, you always kind of see him as a bit older. I come kind around of see him as 21 or 22, even though he, he's that young. And in a way, he's, he's the most talented of all of them. I mean, he's fantastic in tight spaces. He showed that today. He has confidence about him. And I think the only thing before was you know, the end product and did he hold on to the ball for too long, which probably, you know, I'm not saying that that's not a thing anymore to, to, to work on and to think about. But when he's when he's having the confidence to produce moments like that, um, it's just it's going to do him the world of good. It's going to do Liverpool the world of good. And obviously, I think that he was fantastic. I think him and Nico Williams are the two that will be up for the man of the match, um, along with Lallana for me. I think Nico Williams put in a similar performance to the one he did against Arsenal. Um, he was probably tested a little bit more today, I'd say, than the Arsenal game defensively, but I think he did brilliantly. Um, lots of clearances, lots of tackles, and he, he really got stuck in, and he seems to have a lovely cross on him as well. In situations which are, which are tight, he'd be going down the line, and you'd think maybe a cross isn't on here, the angle isn't great, but he manages to get the, the ball in the good position in the box. So I think they're definitely the two standouts for Liverpool uh, in terms of the younger players. And Milano did very well in midfield as well. He had, he, his calming influence on the rest of the team was a big reason as to why we were so good with possession. And um, in contrast to Everton, obviously, in possession, he seemed to have no innovation or creativity or ideas whatsoever. 
They didn't. They were abject. They were toothless. The toothless toffees. Um, Neil, um, Mark mentioned Nico Williams. He was my standout player. He was my man of the match. Um, looking at some statistics for you. Um, I'll get on to game statistics in a minute. But just looking at defensive statistics. Nico Williams had two tackles, the same as Joe Gomez, who was also brilliant. He had one interception, the same as Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez had no clearances, whereas Nico Williams had four, uh, which was the most in the team. He was absolutely brilliant, marking Richarlison, a Brazil international, out of the game. What a bright bright talent he is yeah the the, the future is looking very bright on that on that right hand side for liverpool so uh, particularly in, in the defense with uh trent alexander arnold coming through and now, now nico williams stepping up to the mark today um yeah for me he was he was the man of the match um i thought he was he was wonderful in the in the first half especially um he won pretty much all his individual individual battles with uh, Richarlison, who, of course, you mentioned earlier, Brazil International, and definitely Everton's best, definitely the best player in the Everton squad. Um, he went he went head-to-head with him and uh, undeniably came out on top. Curtis Jones, of course, was played very well in centre midfield with, um, with Lallana and Caravella, and it was quite surprising just how um, how sort of cohesive the whole the whole team performance was considering these are these are players that have probably played very limited minutes together it was um you know it was it was really was just like the first team but you know with a, a younger average age of about six years so you know if you if to the disinterested observer you would have you could have thought it was just the liverpool first team the way they went the, the way they went head to head with everton and um managed to just to control the game so well in the second half. Um, the first half, Everton created a couple of chances. Um, Adrian was there when, whenever he was called upon and made a couple of decent saves. Uh, Calvert-Lewin had an absolutely disastrous attempt at a diving header. Uh, but apart from that, Liverpool really sort of ran the game and showed unbelievable maturity and composure for such a young squad in what is a a very usually a very heated derby. I was incredibly impressed by um by pretty much everyone on the team really. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a brilliant answer totally. The the cohesion was something Really surprising, wasn't it, Mark? Um, and uh, I thought in, in the first half, it was difficult for us, as, as Neil mentioned there. I thought Everton had the better chances. They were the more dangerous team. Um, Klopp tweaked it in the second half, um, uh, gave more protection to our fullbacks, and uh, we were just sensational, I thought. We had 58% possession by the end of the game. Uh, five shots on target, uh, 12 shots in total. Uh, Everton had 11 shots in total and only three on target. Uh, our passing accuracy was 81%, so that was a that was a pretty decent um, uh, passing success. Uh, a passing accuracy because you know a very very good performance is 84% and over. So 81% is a fine fine stat. Well done to Liverpool. And what what did you make of the new guy Minamino? Uh, Takumi, I thought he showed he showed a lot of promise, Mark. Yes, he did show a lot of promise. Um, 
I do think this is a difficult game to judge him off. Obviously, it's an unusual debut to have, but I think he needed the minutes regardless due to the winter break um, that he had with Salzburg and the injury he picked up as well. So, yeah, I think he did look good. I could see him, you can almost, I'm not sure about yourself, but I could almost see him fitting in with the front three already. I can see Salah and Mane and Firmino linking well with him. He seems to have a lovely eye for a pass, a lovely deft touch and um, wonderful creativity. And also along with that, he seems to, to have a great work ethic. So I, I can really see him fitting in well with that front three. I can't wait to see him play with them because as well as that, you know, the young players did today, I think for a player like Minamino, when he's surrounded by better players, players that are similar in style to him, I think he'll, he'll look even better. And it's about finding a niche position for him now, I think, um, if he wants to play a lot of games for Liverpool. I know that Shakiri is versatile, and he looks like a versatile player as well. Today he played down the centre of that kind of front three with Origi on the left. Um, he can also play just behind and in an attacking midfield position. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Klopp's going to use him. I think Klopp's going to try him in a few different positions before he settles on one specific role for him even if he even does decide on a specific role um but yeah he look, he looks he looks really exciting i think he's going to add a lot to liverpool and what a what a wonderful boost to have going into to you know to the second part of a season um and it just ha- for for basically nothing in today's market for that for that price i think it was 7.25 million i think that that's a, just a brilliant kind of boost for liverpool and um, for the fans, for the team, and it's exactly the type of thing that you want um, your team to be doing when they're in a winning position. It's the type of thing that a great team would do, that a ruthless manager would do, and um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing them. Excellent stuff, yeah. Uh, what stood out for you, Neil, in, in Mina Mino's game? Um, I think, it, yeah, it was uh, a great mark. It was an unusual, unusual game to make your debut, and obviously start playing with a team that are you know far from far from Liverpool starting eleven really. I thought he showed some very good touches. He um he seemed to have a decent understanding already with Harvey Elliott on the left. Or uh, sorry, Harvey Elliott, Elliott was on the right. Um, but whenever he drifted over into that space, I think he he linked up very well with him. Yeah, in terms of, he also showed very good work ethic. I thought his uh his his efforts of pressing were were very good, and also considering the fact that he is obviously coming back. You know, coming in off the back of a uh, winter break, having having been playing in Austria previously, he's, um, you know it's his first game in a while, so he's not probably up to full match fitness. The new team probably explained why he was uh, substituted relatively early for Oxley Chamberlain. But yeah, I think um, overall had the he showed um, why he was signed. Obviously, an absolute steal at seven million, ridiculous value in a in a market where. Uh, you know, Harry Maguire's ninety million or whatever. It's unbelievable to get a player of his quality for for such a for the well for the princely sum of seven million. It'd be interesting to see um what happens in the game against Spurs next week, obviously that's going forward, but to see whether um I assume he won't start, but to see if he comes on and if and if he does to see um see in what role that would be. I assume it would probably be on the on the right or the left. Um, he seemed to he seemed to show today a bit of a, a bit more of a penchant for for drifting over to the right. So he can be competing with Mo Salah in a couple of months for that starting berth. Who knows? 
wouldn't be a, wouldn't be a bad thing at all if that was the case. But yeah, overall, I think uh, promising, promising start. Promising is a very good word for it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, just looking at some offensive stats. These are from whoscored.com. Uh, Minamino, he, he had one shot. He didn't have any key passes. He had one dribble. Um, they only gave him 6.1 out of 10, and I think that's a bit harsh. He got he got a bit lost in that second half because uh, Everton were crowding out his space because they were worried about him because he had such a good first half. Um, but the player we haven't mentioned yet is Harvey Elliott. Well, we haven't. We've mentioned him in passing only. Um, Harvey Elliott had three key passes today, which was the equal most in the team with Curtis Jones. Um, Curtis Jones had two shots, uh, one on target, but you can remember which one that was. Uh, and Harvey Elliott didn't manage a shot, did he? But I thought his endeavour was was brilliant. Exactly what we wanted to see when he gave it away. He was hounding them. He was running after them like they'd they'd stolen his Snickers bar and his telephone. And and uh, I don't know Harvey Elliott. Uh, what a what a what a talent we have. Still sixteen years old. Um, Mark, he also plays off the right. We've got strength in depth now, despite our minimal um, forays into the transfer market. We've got big strength in depth. Um, Harvey Elliott, tell, talk about him. Well, I think he's arguably Liverpool's main you know, talent in the academy, which is... You know, Incredible considering you only joined in the summer. I know that we, you know, picked him from Fulham um, and the whole world knew about him. I remember the Barcelona and Real Madrid were being linked with him um, around a around a, a similar time when we got him on a number of Premier League teams. He could have picked anywhere. PSG, another team that were interested. But his heart has already been in Liverpool for years and thankfully he chose us um, because he's a wonderful talent. Some players you can just see the the ball moves differently at their feet, and with him, uh, he seems to have that he has this natural ability, he has a natural confidence, and he knows he's good. Um, the the only thing, I'm not sure what position he'll end up playing in. It realistically, Klopp, I think he has another four years now, does he, at Liverpool? Um, will he be a regular starter at any point of Klopp's? Time. I'm not sure. Then again, he'll only be 20 or 21 by the time club leaves, which is crazy. Crazy. But um, for the next manager, you have to think about where to put him because I don't think he has crazy pace or anything like that. So I'm not sure if he'd work off the right long term, especially with the with the way the game is. Mom, I think um, I'm not saying Liverpool will sign a Sancho, but if you know, somebody quicker, more natural. You kind of see that that role will suit them well. I'm not sure if he is a, a winger as such. You know, it depends on formation. The next manager, whoever that is, will play. But I see him as a kind of a David Silva type of player. I think he's that intricate on the ball. He has a beautiful eye for a pass. And I think if he can have, you know, any part of the defensive side to his game, then I, I can see him playing more of a David Silva type role. I'm not sure what 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 you think, but I think it'll be important for him to kind of find his position. Um, but I'm not sure it'll end up being right wing. He, he has a wonderful cross. Um, usually cutting in, um, which, which can be utilised there. But I, I would not be surprised if he if he kind of moves a bit further back, so he has more time on the ball and more of an influence on the game. But I was looking there at pictures he uploads. He's very active on Instagram. I'm not sure if anybody else is on Instagram. Um, he seems he get a run out for ten minutes, 
And then, you know, the other day he came on against Sheffield. He got, I think he got about 40 seconds. He didn't think he touched the ball. Then all the pictures were up though on social media afterwards. And he's obviously very proud to play for Liverpool. And he shares pictures of of him at Anfield, outside Anfield with the Bill Shanky statue when he was, must have been about nine or ten years of age. And I, I just love it. There's nothing better for me, really. Just when, when you see that, a player that... that that's doing well and is playing in the first team at Anfield. He's, he loves the club that much and has been there, been a fan for, from such a young age. I think it's brilliant and I'm really, really excited for him now. Excellent stuff. Um, yeah, that's a really good call to see him drop it back in the David Silver role. I could totally see that with the with some flyers flying around him. But at 16, to to outshine Luca Dean, a French international player at 16 years old, to give him all the trouble in the world. Luca Dean had to take a booking after 50, about 56 minutes. It, it, it was just, I, I, I love watching him. I love watching him play. Um, it's so, it gives me the, oh, it makes me all warm and fuzzy inside talking about this Liverpool team. Um, it's our fourth successive home win over Everton for the first time since 1937. According to the brilliant This Is Anfield, do follow them on Twitter, at This Is Anfield. Um uh, the, the, and, you know, despite the fact that Jürgen doesn't give a crap about the FA Cup, um, putting in these, these young team, Everton continue to be shite. Can Carlo Ancelotti, Neil, can he work wonders? Carlo Tragico, Carlo Doloroso, can he polish a turd? Um, yeah, I think um, I think it's quite it was a, obviously an unbelievable signing for Everton to get a five times Champions League winner in his in as their manager, especially considering they haven't won a, a trophy since nineteen ninety five. Um, they've just they've they've made so many per signings over over the last couple of transfer markets. It's it's crazy, and they just they've signed like the same player over and over again. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Apart from sort of for Charleston, I can't really think of any of their signings that have been particularly good. Even sort of Michael Keane at centre half has been has been quite poor this season. But I think they have quite quite good young players that Ancelotti could maybe work with. Uh, he doesn't really have a, a track record of doing that. I don't think he's more sort of come into these sort of glamour clubs and he's. Well, he's known as like the diva whisperer, isn't he? But I think um, sort of Calvert Lewin and Tom Davis. I think these are two fairly good, like they're good, they're good young players. I think um, with a couple of more astute signings in the market, I think they could potentially have the bones of a fairly decent side. And um, you know, if you can get good players in, um, I think that they're going to be. He's going to be working on us more limited budget than than the free spend in Everton of the last couple of years. But um he's I mean he's certainly got all the quality necessary as a manager uh, and as a coach as well to improve to improve the players he already has and if he gets if he can get the right players in as well signings, I think they could you know, they could maybe do a, they could maybe do a Leicester a year and a half, two years down the line from here. You're 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 very generous um, I think there's some way off Leicester 
Uh, but I, I think you're right that that's the model they should be going down. But uh, I think it would take them about five years to get to where Leicester are. But we'll see. We'll see what Carlo does. Um, you know, good luck to them if they keep losing like they did today against us. Then, uh, I don't know, we'll just keep laughing at them. Um, I think I think they're a terrific team. Um, I love Everton, uh, but uh, now we've got to we've got to move. We've got to we, we've got more games. Um, next weekend, the eleventh of January, we're going away to Tottenham Hotspur. Now, the Spurs match. Obviously, all our big guns are coming back. Alisson Becker's coming back. Who's um, got five clean sheets in a row for the first time since two thousand and seven. Got that from BT Sports Twitter. Um, the results have been Bournemouth nil, Liverpool three, Watford nil, Liverpool two, Leicester nil, Liverpool four, Wolves nil, Liverpool one, and Sheffield United nil, Liverpool two. It's a fabulous run of results. Five clean sheets for the first time since September 2007. On the other side of things, the other side of the coin, you've got Jose Mourinho's Spurs team, who and they've only kept one clean sheet in 12 matches that Mourinho's been in charge of them. Um, I think they are low-key the worst Champions League finalist I've seen for a very long time, Mark. And I've, got, I've just got a feeling we're going to go there and we're going to spank them. What do you reckon? Well, I hope you're right. Um, it kind of has a bit of a similar feel, not in terms of the opponent, but in terms of the occasion um, to the Leicester game, where, you know, some people say Liverpool haven't been performing amazingly at times this season. I think they've done pretty all right. But, um, you know, that's a real test that, that that Leicester game was. And they just went out there, they blew them out of the park 4-0 amazing performance and I, I'm hoping for something similar um, and that was that, that's not you mentioned Tottenham's defensive stats that Leicester team is not a team that struggles defensively they've been the best defensive team I think until that point in the league this season and Liverpool toy managed to tear them apart so I'm hoping with even uh, with weaker full backs and Leicester have very good full backs with weaker full backs that Tottenham have in Oyer and I'm not sure if Davies will be accessing Young was there you were saying Young Bertongan was was used there in the FA Cup. I'm not sure w- which fullbacks he'll deploy, but I don't think any of them will have enough to um to be able to cancel out not just Salah and Manning but Robertson and Arnold as well. I think there's just too much power there. I think Liverpool's midfield will be too strong. Obviously, it's not as it won't be as strong as usual because the only two guaranteed to start will be Henderson and Wijnaldum. I'm not sure who the third one will be. We might talk about that later. But I do think Liverpool will have a stronger, uh, have a stronger team. They have a, a stronger manager today, and um, I think they're full of confidence. I do think we should be wary of Tottenham. Mourinho will have a week now, which is something he hasn't had really since he's come into Tottenham this time to to on the training ground, probably with all the crazy fixtures off Christmas, in order to get his ideas and his methods across. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they set up, but I think Liverpool will have too much in the end. It'll be a half-five match on a Saturday, so it'll be a nighttime fixture, and then the, the, the bright lights will be on in Tottenham's new stadium, but I, I think it'll be the perfect occasion for Liverpool to send out yet another statement of intent. 
It's a marvellous answer. Who who would you go with staying with you, Mark, uh, in midfield? Let's deal with this now for for Liverpool. So you said Henderson, Vinaldum. Who's who's your third one? It depends on availability. I mean, obviously, if I could pick any midfielder, Fabinho would be the. I don't know if he'd be the first name, but he'd be the second name. Henderson might be the first name now, but he'd be the he'd definitely be one that I'd pick. But I'm not sure that he'll be ready. I think he might be ready for the game for the game after that one, but. Um, you know, I think Lalana after today's performance has put in a really good uh, himself in a really good position to be able to play that game. We, we know that how much Klopp loves him. I'm not sure if anybody caught that angle after the match that um, that BBC show wherever Klopp went over to Lalana. He took off his cap and saluted him. You know, he loves Lalana. I'm not sure if he's going to stay past the summer. It looks like he won't. But if Klopp had the choice, he would keep um So I, I would not be surprised if Lallana played in that game. Um, I think then it just depends on availability after that. Oxlade-Chamberlain, I love Oxlade-Chamberlain. Uh, it might be a bit of a tough one to throw him into uh, you know, with the lack of game time the last few weeks. But then again, there's a, there's a good there's a good week now almost to recover. So he could be in with a shout. It just depends on, on availability. But I'm sure... Klopp will, Klopp will go to the right person and anybody that goes in there will be able to to, um, to put in a performance. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant answer. Um, yeah, Lalana. I'd probably go with Lalana after his performance today. I thought he was absolutely super, as you did. You mentioned before he had two shots, uh, none of them on target. They were kind of pot shots, really. But it was his passing and his defensive work that was good today. Um, he had uh, 64 passes with an 87.5% passing accuracy. Brilliant stuff. Uh, defensively, he got mo- the most tackles in the team. Three tackles for Lalana today. One interception, two clearances. Um, I thought he was absolutely superb. Uh, so, I, yeah, maybe he deserves to keep his place in the team. Would you agree with that, Neil, or would you go with someone else in midfield? He's, he's certainly done himself no harm in his performance today in terms of whether or not he merits a starting berth again next week. I think, has, yeah, it depends. Uh, it, it depends a lot on availability. Um, personally, I would like to see Kader start, but I don't know if he'll be back then. Maybe it'll be a bit of a, a bit too soon to rush him back. So I think it was probably between him and Oxide Chamberlain, and I would probably favour bringing on Oxide Chamberlain as a sort of impact sub in the second half. He's always played very well against Spurs. He hates him from his time as a as an Arsenal player, of course. So he he always has extra motivation for that. But I think um. I think uh, Lalana start with Lalana and then bring uh, bring the ox in to hopefully kill off or well hopefully they've already been killed off but uh, further kill off uh, some tiring Spurs legs maybe. Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah, Chamberlain off the bench. Um, I, honestly, I, I don't know if I'm getting too cocky, but I can I can see us absolutely tonking them if we turn up because yeah, we're just too strong. Too big, too strong, and too hungry. That's what we need to keep our hunger. Looking at Tottenham's last few results, their last uh, six results, they beat Wolves away from home on the 15th of December, 2-1. Then they lost 2-0 at home to Chelsea on the 22nd of December. 
On the 26th of December, they beat Brighton, a good result, 2-1 at home. Then they drew away with Norwich, 2-2. Then they lost away to Southampton, 1-0. And today they drew with Middlesbrough, 1-1, away from home. And it was a really poor performance. I watched it, actually. It was... It was Oh, well, what's the second half? I thought they were pretty awful. And they played pretty much a full team with uh, Vertonghen, Alderweireld, uh, Eric Dyer, Eriksson, Deli Ali, Lucas and Son. Um, obviously, uh, I'm pretty sure Harry Kane's going to be injured for this one. Um, but I'm going with a prediction of... I'm going to go 4 nil to Liverpool. Am I crazy, Mark? What's your prediction? 4 0 is very optimistic, very optimistic indeed. I think, and I would manage to do it against probably a stronger team in Leicester, so you're not, you're not completely crazy. But um, I think I'd probably say, I seem to say every match for Liverpool will be 3 1 since Klopp came in. But I think 3 1 is a decent shout. I do think they have players that are capable of juicing big moments and juicing. For the, for the big occasion and they have a manager probably more importantly they have a manager who's capable of producing for the big occasion and I'm sure he'd love nothing more than to to stop Liverpool's run I suppose not even unbeaten run just winning run at the moment in the Premier League it depends kind of on who turns up for Tottenham and how much Mourinho gets them revved up for this one I think that Son is capable of having big moments and scoring goals and Deli Alli is another one um, I, I do think that Ericsson, you know, if he's still there by next week, I think he should be. Um, he's, he's also capable. They're a good side. They, they, they did get to the Champions League final for a reason, even though, you know, they were um, not the strongest team to ever make Champions League final. They, they still got there. Um, and they have a strong team overall, just the fullbacks. They're kind of the, the worry or yeah against Mane will be something I'm, I'll be looking forward to all week. Now I'll be waiting in anticipation for that matchup. And I'm sure Mane will be too. But, you know, it, anything can happen. But I, 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 Liverpool are definitely a stronger team. That's one thing that's true. And I would probably have to go for a 3-1 victory. Very reasonable stuff. Uh, what do you think, Neil? A, a prediction for the Spurs match? Yeah, I think uh, maybe three nil or three one for Liverpool. Um, I think it's depending on whether whether Son's playing in a phase. If he turns up, I, I mean, I could see them possibly possibly getting a goal. If he's on form, he seems to he always seems to play very well whenever Harry Kane's out of the team, and he has a slightly more sort of um, central role. He seems to yeah, he seems to step up his his uh, performances then. Yeah, sort of echo the fear that it could be. Uh, it would just be so typical of Mourinho to just to go and spitefully beat Liverpool and their uh, end this unbeaten run. Sort of regardless of what you think of his recent managerial record, he he's, he's always had this knack of going into these games, sort of the underdog and uh, pulling off an upset. So I think I think Liverpool definitely need to be wary of that. Um, if there's one manager in the league that can. They can pull these sort of matches out the bag. It is still Jose Mourinho. Very interesting answer. Um, yeah, you might be right. Uh, I just, I just, I just don't think they've got it. I don't think they've got the 
the the nous or the gumption or the players. I mean, Tottenham are in sixth, by the way, on 30 points. Um, they've played 21, won eight, drawn six and lost seven already. It's... Compared to Liverpool, we've got 58 points to their 30. We're 28 points ahead of them. They're only 10 points above the relegation zone. Um, I think it's going to be chalk and cheese, but I hope I'm not getting too ahead of myself. Um, I want to thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining me today. It's been it's been an absolute absolute pleasure it's been a bit a shorter episode than usual there have been various technical reasons for that but regardless of what technical bugs may exist in the machine it's liverpool who are a machine and everton who are a losing machine they are a faulty machine they are a machine that the gods have puked in and um it's brilliant to watch thank you very much gentlemen And thus, as we get down to the slurpy sounds at the bottom of this episode's milkshake, may I simply just remind you that you may follow us on Twitter, at CopOnPodcast. You can send us an email, some hate mail, some ransom notes to CopOnPodcast at gmail.com. You can support us on Patreon.com forward slash CopOnPodcast. Or, if you like, you can just tell your neighbour, tell your teacher, tell your vet, tell your local taxidermist all about Copon. That would be great too. Thank you. You're all lovely. Absolutely wonderful stuff. Liverpool. Liverpool. On top of the world, really, aren't we?